We are coming to you with the unspoken words. This is the Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Wobriety. Community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hey, yeah. hey. Let me poke this article. Unspoken words episode. Oh, go ahead. Go <laughs> go ahead. ahead. Old 87. Oh, this guy's been singing that old 87 <laughs> all night. <laughs> Woo. <clears throat> Old 87, follow. Follow. Let's go. Follow. follow. Just follow. Follow then. <laughs> Just follow then. Follow. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go then. Follow. Go then. Old 87, follow. Let's go then. <laughs> Old 87, old memories. Old memories. First time I went to seven memories. I'll share one memory. It's innocent one. First time I ever went to old eighty seven and experienced that was uh, I was fourteen years old. Dang, fourteen. I went with my older sibling. We just went and checked it out. We weren't like scenes watching, seeing everything that was going down. Mm, after what was it after? It was after. There. Remember they had a like a long time ago. I don't know if you guys remember, this was 1997, Grish. They had a big powwow inside the Mecha, inside the arena. In the arena? In the arena. Big powwow in there. Big powwow. Big bird wow. Going to prior now. <laughs> um, anyways, it was after that. We went to the powwow, and then he was like, should we go check it out? Old 87? I was like, yeah, I want to go check it. Let's go. And then we went. And uh, we just followed everybody was at that blue basket, blue bucket in Lockwood. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, I just went and stayed there till the sun came up. And then we drove back home and mm. my, my folks were like, where the heck were you guys? And <laughs> then you told them. Yeah, my older brother told him we were sober. Like we didn't drink or anything. And, and they cussed us out, got mad at him. For taking you over there? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even remember the first time I went over there. It was springtime, though. That's when they had that. I don't can't remember, but I thought that was cool. Like they had the powwow down there on the main floor in the arena, and, and there was tons of people there. Nineteen eighty-seven, nineteen ninety-seven. Oh, or probably ninety-eight. Spring, spring of ninety-eight. I'm trying to think. Of, uh, I remember her. Uh, <laughs> it was a good year. He's thinking she was in, a good one. Thinking in terms of X's. Let's see, that was about three, four X's ago. <laughs> that was about four breakups ago. <laughs> four breakups. Four <laughs> broken hearts ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But wait, there's more. But wait, if you sign up now, you get a free blockbuster blockbuster membership. For the next 30 years. <laughs> Blockbuster. Uh, Podgut. Oh, that's what I forgot. Okay, over here to my left. 
All the way from L. Jesus. He ain't even trying to preach. He's the pod Gotti Randy Beast. Say what's up? Yo, yo. And over here to my right, all the way from Babu Nino, Nino, Nino. He's the hoe in one. Your favorite Indian, JCB. Say what's up? Lemon Jello. <laughs> and you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs in the house, aka. Baby, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. I forgot about that. <laughs> man, I, I was listening to the last episode, man. I was getting annoyed how many times we were singing that. <laughs> I, I kind of figured, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, these guys are overdoing it. Come on. <laughs> I know, so that's the only time I'm going to say it. You, Sing it tonight. Do you turn off your own podcast episode? Yeah, these guys are annoying. I know. I felt, I felt how I um, I put myself in uh, JC shoes <laughs> <laughs> after listening to our episode 86. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We might, we might have to strike that from the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe we can go back and edit it. There just be a bunch of uh, skipping, skipping over all that stuff, and then the episode will be like fifteen minutes long. Buster Rhymes. It sounds like Buster Rhymes. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we'll throw it over here to the Pod Gotti. He's got a game for us this evening, so take it away. Hey. That was quick. I thought we were going to talk more about the way 87 deal. Oh, okay. Yeah, then you guys but give me. I'm ready, though. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, because he's not ready. <laughs> no, no I, I buy, buy, ready. Me, buy me a few more minutes. <laughs> I shared my old 87 story, and then you guys, I thought that would prompt you guys. Oh, yeah, I was over there on blah, blah, blah. But well, like I said, I don't even remember the first time I was there. I was just. Well, I don't even have to be. It's like. Um, a funny yeah. story from old 87. A funny story from old 87. Hmm. Hmm. It just all blurs together. Uh, Do they still party like that? Not out there. Well, yeah, in, in regular places? Uh, I don't know. I remember back in the day it was the Rims. Oh, I think that's where they go now. Devil's Kitchen? Rims. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's where they go now. And then they'd go they went back to out old, old 87. Yeah. Iron Bridge. Right, there's a bunch of houses out there. Or they up there by Harvest Church too, but there's houses oh, yeah, all there. Yeah. It's they gentrified all those party spots. Yep. Yeah, they kinda got a lot more populated out there, huh? All yeah. those places that we're naming. Just speaking of the rims, they almost <coughs> threw me off of there one time. Oh, Damn. Wow. I was just a little I'm mean, not a little kid. What'd but you do? I didn't do anything. <laughs> I was just a, <laughs> In the in the presence of the wrong person at the wrong time, <laughs> I bet, I bet that's all it takes. And they wrong and I was, place, and right I was, time. Um, I want to say about fourteen, thirteen or fourteen, and oh damn, picked me up like right here. It's kind of dangled me. Well, but my feet were still on the ground, so I was basically leaning back out over it. And Dang. I at the time thinking back, looking back, I, I I don't think I was as scared as I should have been. Yeah. But it definitely kind of freaked me out. Now that's again. Remember those things that we think about at night? And oh, go, you cringe! Ooh, into like a bully, huh? Yeah, well, this dude was. Well, he was obviously intoxicated, but he was also shit twice my age. Huh? Huh? Like in his mid twenties, I'd say almost thirty. Mm. He's up there. Yeah. 
And you probably know who he is, but we won't say no names. That's oh yeah, what's his name? Give me some initials. S O B S O B. His last name's Medicine Horse. Just kidding. What? I don't know. I just threw that out there. That's 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 uh. That's so specific It's just completely random (laughs) His last name is Medicine (laughs) Buffalo Last name is Two Knots (laughs) 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 I said that to one of the homies one time What about Leroy Because I see in a bag with two knots in it Yeah, And I just came to me What about Leroy Two Knots Who's that Who's that Who's that (laughs) (laughs) I guess it sounds mm-hmm. legit. Running turtle. Running <coughs> turtle. <laughs> Flying tortoise. <laughs> Sprinting tortoise. Did we start a game jingle? You guys are you guys are you go, you two are the game jingle. We are the uh, what are we, improv. What was our song again? Uh what's what's your game? <laughs> Me and JC gotta do it now since you're the icebreaker. What's ice. this we? Uh, ice uh, uh, breaker. Uh, 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 okay, so we're just ice, gonna. Ice breaker. I'm gonna ask you questions. Ice ice breaker. Ice ice breaker. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back for a brand new invention. Something gotta hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Yeah, cooking MCs like a pound of bacon. I just skipped like a whole <laughs> verse. Skip to the part, you know. Yeah. I like that part, man. That's like my favorite part of the song. Cooking them seeds like a pound of bacon. All righty. <laughs> Thank you guys for the awesome introduction. Eha. We will now go into the icebreaker game. What is it? Icebreaker. Ice, ice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I understand I'm it's an icebreaker, but <laughs> what's the name? What is the, how would you say it? The premise, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just gonna ask you. I'm just gonna ask you some questions, Ice right? Um, <laughs> and we'll dun, see dun, when dun, we dun, get dun, there. Dun, dun, we'll cross the bridge when we get there. First one up is what is your spirit animal? Wally, <laughs> the animal that is most similar to your personality. Wally, man, I'd say a panda. Man, I just like to chill and eat. Cause pandas just chill and eat bamboo and sleep. It's like their whole purpose. Really? Yeah, they just chill out, eat bamboo like all day, and play, sleep. Like if I didn't have to work and pay bills, I just be chilling. <laughs> Is that? Oh, I was gonna say that reminds me of like one of those ridiculous or ridiculousness or something like that those kind of shows yeah yeah and there's two pandas kind of playing around underneath the tree and all of a sudden this third one drops out of the sky (laughs) (laughs) came out of nowhere like the dragon warrior from the top of the tree basically fell on his back (laughs) and then plus yeah i love the dragon warrior uh yes poe what about you what's wally wally is the mascot for the boston red sox Okay. He's a big green monster. <laughs> get it? Get it? Oh yeah, yeah. Remember that song so I was the... making you listen to, Tessie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his little sister. So what's oh. the get up like? He, he's just a big green monster. That's like, like Shrek ears, isn't he? 
Yeah, he's a green. Well, the wall, the left field wall in Fenway, they call it the Green Monster. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm familiar with that. I'm saying, how does the mascot look? Have you oh, he's just monster? like basically looks like a, this big old wild green furry thing. You ever see that Philly fanatic? No, nope. Uh, he's I'm a not big, familiar with the baseball mascots. Yeah, mm. yeah. Basically, he looks like uh, um, like Oscar the Grouch, but only clean. Oh, okay. With the shirt on. Okay. Okay. But but if you're okay. asking me like what animal like um, I don't know maybe some kind of a bird because they're kind of flighty. <laughs> It's spacey. <laughs> I just pictured that one on like uh, Fruity Loops. Remember? Oh, Tuca. Uh, Follow my nose. It <laughs> always nose. Follow my nose. Are you saying I have a chief nose? <laughs> no, no, not like that. Just... Follow my nose, and he has a beak. What about that one on? Um, oh, yeah. What's that one on Lion King? What the heck is that thing? Dodo bird. Dodo birds are extinct. Uh, the one, which, which bird? Remember, is it your Mufasa's little stew? Yeah, yeah, that guy. yeah, yeah. He's not a dodo? Uh-uh. <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> well, that's what they said, dude. Oh, He'd be one of those little mean birds. <laughs> a little asshole bird? <laughs> <laughs> little mean bird? That's why he's laughing. <laughs> Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the, any kind of animal that's kind of, you know, I've got a bunch, <laughs> little a bunch of little coconuts. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of energy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, kind of like one of those birds that pester hawks as they're kind of soaring through the air. Then that little bird comes down and pesters them, chases off the hawk. How about a hummingbird? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We can even go backwards. Man, those are cool, man. It's like look like they, they remind me a little of like uh, helicopters. Yeah. A hummingbird. I've never seen them in flight. Really? Yeah. Loud. Yeah, they 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 hum while well, they actually hum, yeah. 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 They kind of sound like a um What are those things? Uh, those one things they fly. They have the four propellers. Oh, oh, oh submarine! <laughs> but I believe they call them screws on the boat. <laughs> Taken out of contents, that sounds horrible. All right, next question. Right, what's your spirit animal? I don't know. Probably something stubborn. Hmm. Something stubborn. Mm. Probably like an old... Like a badger. Like a, a honey badger. Like my, my Indian name is Ichilagasha. Oh, elk? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Elk soldier. If I was going to say if anything like that was stubborn, it would have to be a moose. Yeah. Do you ever <clears> see those <throat> things? Uh-uh. Those things are horrible. Man, we see one in the wild. So you're calling one. me horrible? No. <laughs> <laughs> you're calling me mean. You mean little bird. Uh, no, but like, like they're they're kind of the a hole. They're kind of a holes for animals. Yeah, very aggressive. The moose. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Moose no, I'm not trying to say. I just kind of so went I'm off. Aggressive. On. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Be aggressive. You just Be got a nice aggressive. rack. <laughs> You have a nice rack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, now. All right, so what, what movie can we watch over and over? Oh, man, I got several. Well, I'll let yeah. you go first. 
Um, I'll name one that I used to watch over and over, which was Forrest Gump. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I watched it while re- back in the VHS tape. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Rewind it and then watch it again. Yeah. And again, this, like, you know, you grow up on, on the res it, before you had satellite or any kind of cable. Yep. It was more of a, a lack of options rather yeah. than a choice. But yeah. still, I mean, I, I just do it over and over. I didn't even care. Okay. I got several, so... Tombstone. Oh, yeah. Blood I, in, blood out. I concur. And um, what's another one? Man, I was right there. What is it? 13th Warrior. That's a okay. good one. I can watch all those three like over and over and over. But did you know that 13th Warrior was like a bomb at the box office? Was it really? When it came out. And then like I noticed that like movies that don't do good. A box office like natives love them. Native oh, love, natives love, natives love, yeah, blood in, blood out, <clears throat> bomb. And that's funny because I like if you asked me when 13th Warrior came out, I couldn't tell you. I yeah. just happened to watch it on cable one time and I was like, damn, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. What's it about? It's about the 13th Warrior, <laughs> it's about oh, it's this uh, guy and he fights. Oh, yeah, and then he learns how to fight. No, um, Antonio Banderas, he plays his Arab. Antonio, and then like he comes across these Norsemen, and then he gets selected to go like on this war party quest with them. But like he's he's not even a warrior; he's like a linguist, uh, ambassador type of guy. Okay. But then he hangs out with them because he's a linguist. He just by listening to them talk for weeks, months at end, he learns their language, and then he starts talking their language and adopts their culture. You are now part of the tribe. And then he builds bridges between He's the Arabs and the Norsemen. Bridge, bridge builder. But it's a really good show. The Fire Firm. All right. The so Bendo. Your, your movie. Mine are kind of like the musical ones, like Temptations. Oh, yeah. Um, I know you want to leave. Yeah, I really love that. I love, I love uh, that show, too. Remember the Titans is good. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, um, good that's a good one. La Bamba, definitely. Most deaf. Um, Richard Valenzuela and his flying guitar. And then like Blood In, Blood Out. Yep. Yeah. I actually bought that. So you can't find Blood In, Blood Out anywhere. The only place you can buy, or only place that I could find it was Target.com. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I had to buy the physical huh. DVD, too. Because it's not, not streaming. <clears throat> it's I follow. Amazon, yeah, you can't find it anywhere. Uh, next year... Is the 30 year anniversary, and in these groups that I follow on Facebook for Blood In, Blood Out, they're talking about they might be releasing a Blu ray next year. Oh, that'd be, be cool. Tight. awesome. Talking about a five hour uncut director's version. Five hours? I five think that's hour. a running joke. You think that's true? I don't know. It's, it's like some people are like all about it, and then the other ones, like, like you said, like yeah. it's a joke. Yeah. Uh, that movie's kind of long as it is. I mean, not that I mind it, but it is kind of long. there's a huge difference from the one that they show on, like, stars in those movie channels and the one that's on DVD. Yeah. There's a huge difference. There's, like, big chunks missing from, like, when you watch it on DVD or... Oh, when it's missing? Yeah. So which, that, ones, which one would be the extended version, then? Like, the one you watch on stars or whatever? Yeah. Because when I watch it on stars... And that one, oh wait, since I had some, some something like that. The one they show on stars is way different. Like there's 
it has pieces out. Oh, okay. From the one on DVD or something like that. I was going to say there's another one like that, um, Dances with Wolves. Because mm. there's one that's like really, really long. And they, there's like, you know, if you watch that movie, and, you know, I think it's almost like required viewing for natives because it's funny. <laughs> yeah. We like to we like to That's laugh at we like to laugh at <coughs> Lieutenant Dumbbear, Dumbbar. But uh, yeah, there's a I can't remember where I watched it. I think it was I think it was on a DVD or oh. uh, like an extended version. Yeah, and there's like about a, about an hour, or a half hour, forty five minutes extra that was in there. Oh yeah, fun fact. Um, I used to work with some coworkers at previous job. They were sued. They said that there's a running joke. With Dances with Wolves that uh, his consultant was a female and she purposely taught him like the woman. The feminine way to speak? Feminine. So when he's talking, he's talking as a woman. Kevin Costner? Yeah, in the movie. <laughs> I get it. I know it's a So that was like they did that purposely to like make him look bad. Shafted. That's crazy. That's why I never uh, trust other natives when they teach me the language. Never, did I tell you about that documentary called Real Engines? Yeah, I think so. About natives in, uh, in, in cinematic history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, there's, I can't remember the name of the movie. Like back in the black and white days, they had a Western. But they had, um, see, back in the day, they used to let white people, you know, play natives. Yeah. And to make them sound native, they would play their, their voices in reverse. You know how it goes. Oh, really? Yeah. But in this particular movie, they had actual uh, Navajo people mm. and said, go ahead, you can speak your, your, your language. And they didn't really pay them no mind what they were talking about. They yeah. would just do the subtitles on the bottom anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they were saying, but later on, they they said, this is what we were saying. And they said something like, you know, you're lower than snake belly or something. <laughs> You crawl around in shit or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they were putting those white people down. <laughs> <laughs> but they had their the, the movie had subtitles underneath, so Huh. That's a good documentary. You guys should check it out. Well I have to rent it. They don't have to rent it. I think it's on Amazon. Oh, okay. For free. For free. Next For free question. On Amazon Prime? Yes. <laughs> Next All right. question. Oh, I'm sorry. If you could no, choose it's all good. An age to remain forever, which age would you choose? That's that's a tough one. Right now. Because you want to be young, but then, you know, <laughs> I'd probably also be stupid. But you want to be old and, I mean, wise, but then you'd have to be all old and grizzled out. Uh, I'd pick... Um, 30. Yeah, something like that. Something in the middle will split the difference. Because then you got to have some life experience already. Yeah. But then you can build on that, but you're still kind of young enough to still play basketball. Still <laughs> run the court. Still run the court for a fool. Yeah. Old enough to know better, too young to care. I think 30s, yeah, like 20, about 27 to 30. 30. I, my initial thought was like 19, <clears throat> but then you're dumb. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'd yeah. like, love to be 19, but then I'd be an idiot. All over again. Yeah. All righty. Young and dumb. What about, oh, you say about 30. Huh? Yeah, 27 to 30, I think, because you're not so old. Um, second to last one. What is one important skill that you think every person should have? Ooh-wee. Man, 
How to break horses. <laughs> <laughs> How to start a fire in the rain. <laughs> Everyone should be able to karaoke. No, um, on a serious note, probably just like, oh, man. I know. I know, I know what mine is. I'd say everybody needs to know how to empathize. Man, that's exactly kind of like along the same things that I was you thinking. think that's a skill? Yeah. Empathy? Yeah. Yeah, because being able to like turn it on instead of being like, oh, who cares? Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a muscle you got to work. But, uh, but uh, yeah, but I know people who had zero empathy at all. They worked at it, they worked at it, they worked at it, and then they developed it. Mm-hmm. So it's a skill. Like that yeah. to me is the definition of a skill. Yeah, it's like okay. a muscle. Yeah, yeah. Build it, get it strong. So yeah, my would probably be definitely like that. Something along those lines, like empathy or being able to, um, yeah, just empathize with people. Okay, okay. But you, I'd say communication. Yeah. Good uh, communication skills. Yeah, I mean, I think it's read in the question is what is one important skill every person should have. I think communication would go a long way. You know, mm-hmm. um, I could always improve in my communication. I feel like everybody else can too. Well, um, I know you could. <laughs> I know that's where you struggle. I, I empathize with you. I empathize with you. But yeah, communication because really we all we're all communicators, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. No, it is. Yep. I think that would be really good because I think that's why a lot of relationships, whether they're personal, uh, business, um, whatever, they fail because of. Lack of communication. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Yes. Okay, who was your favorite teacher in school, and how did they impact you? Oh, way. Oh, way. Mm-hmm. Favorite teacher. Oh, way. Man. Just <clears throat> to get... Uh, Brownie points, and, and, and in case he might be listening to this someday, I'm going to say my dad. But I did have this really awesome English teacher in Chamawa. Mm-hmm. And he, while he wasn't really an English teacher, he like went to the, he taught what they call the night lab. And if you were like, when I was at Plenicus, I failed, like, or I didn't fail, I just quit going, you know, lost my credits for freshman English. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go to his night lab and say, you lost your credits for math. We would still go to that same class and he would assign us, you know, he'd sign you math homework and he would assign me my English and he'd, you know, whatever you were there for. So he didn't really have a class per se, but man, he, uh, (laughs) he said, you can do blah, blah, blah. So many assignments out of this book, like an English book, like adverbs and spot the noun and blah, blah, you know, that kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> or he said he can give me, like, I don't know, can't even remember how many pages, so many pages of written work, like an essay, poem, story, whatever. <clears throat> and within, like, a week, I wrote, like, three or four stories, gave them to him, and he he, he read them, and then he called me over one day when I, when I walked into his class, and he was like, I got to ask you, he goes, where did you copy these out of? Yeah. And I was like, I didn't copy them. I said, I just, I goes, where did you get them? And I said, I just made them up. Yeah, he goes. Ah, these are real good. These are real good. And then, uh, so he basically for one week's worth of work, he gave me the A for my English class. And then I, 
cruise the rest of the semester. Nice. Go in there and play games and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he was really cool. And then he uh, he mentioned it to the English, the actual English teacher. And she's the one that got me into the, the a writing conference. And yeah. I think I was, like, one of the only ones that got, like, the standing ovation. And I read it. another nice. another short story, just fiction, just made it up. I mean, yeah, I yeah. just made up a story. Nice. And then they and then at the end of the year, they gave me a scholarship for five hundred dollars for writing. Nice. So nice. that it all all came from that dude. He kind of he he discovered me. You better write some books then. What did you do with the five hundred? Oh, I blew it on. I was gonna say something, but yeah, we'll 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 keep it PG thirteen. I probably drank it. In art prizes. Yeah. <laughs> Look, they gave me a table. <laughs> you got all that. Woody Woodpecker, Buzz Buzzard. How <laughs> much? Oh man, I don't know, man. It was just like matter. My mind was just flooded. I think my mind went to like college, like the last. Like my junior senior year when I was just like engulfed in that psychology because I got my degree in psychology. Yeah, I'm and all like of those. all of those professors, man. I was just like, whoa, whoa, man. Just like the way they presented uh, presented that information, man. I was just like intrigued, man. I wanted to go to class and learn. Wonder what they're gonna say today. Yeah. You know, I think the dean at the time of psychology. I took um, <clears throat> my last semester. I took what was it? Abnormal psych. And man, that was a freaking awesome class. Like, just to see how, like, these serial killers, what makes them tick. He talked about that kind of stuff. And then, like, before he taught, he was an acting. Um, Active serial killer? <clears throat> a practicing psychologist. <laughs> not acting. Practicing psychologist. And he told us about some of his patients. They were, like, they murdered their families and stuff. And he talked about sitting in a room with them and like just having sessions with them and they're just like all chill. Like nothing scary about these people. But then they would drop some bombs on him and he'd just be sitting there like, Oh shit, I'm gonna die today. <laughs> Damn. That's that'd be scary. That, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that that's a trip though, man. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So that that class I remember I can't I can't even remember his name. I can picture him right now. He just looked like, uh, yeah. What was the class called? Abnormal Psych. I'm like a four hundred Abnormal Psych now. Yeah, Abby like Normal? A, Abby Normal. I'm going to write down. Yeah, it was like a 400 level class. Okay. Nice. It was good. It was real good. I loved nice. it. All right. I think my favorite teacher, though, was really, um, my favorite teacher was my second grade teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name was Miss Bearclaw, but she would give me books. Mm-hmm. Um, she would slide books to me. What? what God, I think I just immediately thought of a donut. Why? Huh? Do you know what a bearclaw is? Oh, yeah, yeah, that big donut. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's got the little. Anyway, science, man. You gotta I'm sorry I didn't cast that out. <laughs> Maybe I'm just hungry. <sighs> Might be. Anyway, I'm sorry. But yeah, she was my second grade teacher. She uh, fed fed my love for reading. And then she kind of added humor to it, too. I remember, like, we'd be riding down the hall. And second grade, man, you're like eight years old, you know? She made a huge impression on me. Um, but she was funny, too, in her teaching. And 
we'd be walking down the hallway. She'd be like, hey, uh, single file Indian style. So, like, she made it cool. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that was um, something that stuck out to me, and I still remember it uh, in my old age. <laughs> As you were <clears throat> getting more seasoned. Yeah. Yes. As we were approaching middle age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Like, it's just when I think about school, like, I think about, like. Like her, yeah, yeah. She yeah. kind of really motivated you at the time. Yeah. Yeah, so. She would, call me, she would call me a billy goat because she gave me a book one day and I went home and I don't know what happened to it. Oh, okay. I was going to say you were chewing on it? I don't know what happened to it. Um, huh. And it just disappeared. But that never stopped her from like still feeding me, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she'd still slide me books and stuff and I'd take them home and read. Nice. I remember like, yeah, I'd, I'd fall in love with these books, man, and like... Mm. I'm reading like all the, I forgot who, like who the author was of these ones, but they had like this series. I started reading in like third or fourth grade, man. They were like basketball. Then I would like daydream, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it would just open up this uh, side of my my brain that I never knew I had. Uh, Uh, And then you like to read now. Yeah, so now even into my old age. (laughs) (laughs) Now into my midlife. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, I I love to read. I was reading. Right on, right on, right And then on. just as a treasure, or whatever you call it, what's your biggest pet peeve? <laughs> okay, I can think. It's not a, probably, I don't know if I have a big one. I kind of go through phases with pet peeves. Uh, people being too nice, man. It's like, I don't want your generosity. Just go, you know, like. You're trying to pull out of a establishment, you know, you're in your car and someone's coming down the street. They have no reason to stop and let you go, but they do. I don't know why that makes me mad. <laughs> like, just go. Why? Why are you stopping? <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> don't that don't make no that. sense that you're stopping in the middle of the street and offering me to go when I didn't even ask for it. Just go. <laughs> That's been my latest, biggest peeve right now. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, what is that, though? Like, what are they doing? Like, what, what, what is that? Seriously, like, what is that? Why do, you need, why do you feel the need to stop in the middle of the street to let me go? I don't know, but you got me pissed off now, too. <laughs> I can empathize with you. <laughs> I can empathize. Randy, communicate with this guy. <laughs> Can you de-escalate the situation? It's your communication. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm Man, sorry for going there. On, <laughs> um, I think one of my biggest pet peeves is probably things that are like, it doesn't even make sense when I think about it. It's completely irrational, but things that are out of place mm. or kind of not not neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, okay, so this, you know, do we just glance at it and say, oh, that doesn't look very, you know, organized. Mm-hmm. But if I came in and this was like that, yeah, I'd know immediately. Yeah. Who Someone's been touching my board. Who did that? Yeah. Or, you know, like if, if one of your chairs was pushed back a little farther, I'd notice it. And I'd like, what is this? What? Then I start, you know, 
Like, okay, somebody's been in here. Somebody's digging around. But, like, I I do that to myself, too. Like, I get on myself. Like, like when I – my place is so small that I have to put everything away just so, so it, you know, fits. Yeah. But then I need something. Like, say, you know, I'm doing little arts and crafts and stuff, and then, like, I need a roll of tape. I know where my tape is, but it's underneath all this other stuff. So I go pull everything out, Mm -hmm. get the tape, use it. Then I put everything back, but for whatever reason, I in my mind, I find a better way to put it back. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's not the same order that when I first... And yeah. Then after a while, I... Man, what did I do with that tape? <laughs> I go looking for it in its original spot, but I moved it to a quote-unquote better place. <laughs> and then I can't... Uh, dude, I, I rearrange things on my on myself. Uh, and it just drives me bananas, and I do it all the time. Like, I'm the one that lost my sugar and put my shampoo in the fridge, so... <laughs> There you go. That still gets me. Yeah, that, that cold shampoo really exfoliates the scalp. Has to be cold, though. Has to be chilled. This is frozen. My shampoo has to be chilled. Has to be chilled like Jello. Oh, well, I got some Jello in the fridge. Lemon Sounds Jello. Good, actually. I, I put, le- I put lemon juice. It's hot. I put Especially when it's hot. Lemon Jello with lemon, real lemon juice in there. Nice. Mm. I was telling this guy I had a couple of bites of that, and like I almost got lockjaw. It's all sour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, then? I don't know. I think mine varies too. Um, I think like when I initially read this, I was like, "Oh, lazy people." <laughs> like, yeah, laziness. Mm. Like, there's days like where like I'm chilling, right? Like nothing, do absolutely nothing. Um, so I think rest is necessary, but. And my biggest pet peeve is a person that just, like, has no direction. Yeah. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. lazy, you I'll know? I'll you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No direction, lazy, kind of unmotivated, or... Yeah. Or, I, I don't know, like, I, there's a word that's just right there that I want to use that... I mean, I get what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. So, it's like, say, like, you show up or whatever... Right, and it's like twelve o'clock, and somebody's still sleeping. Yeah, like that bothers me. Yep. And it's like you don't work, you don't do nothing. Like, what the f- are you doing? You know? I mean, I I get it. Like, if you, if yeah, like if you work, and then like say a Saturday, you get up, eat breakfast, do this and that, and you think, ah, you know what, I'm gonna go take a nap. You know, it's eleven to twelve. Like, I get that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, if you didn't do anything all week. And then on Saturday, you still slept till 12, walking around in your basketball trunks and your <laughs> old Michael Jordan shirt from 1997, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I get it. No. Yeah. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I Traffic. Feel that. Yeah. Traffic grinds my gears. Yeah, there's, there's a few of them. Seems like there's a lot of bad drivers lately, you know? Mm-hmm. I yeah, over generous drivers. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's like on the opposite end of that spectrum. But like, like traffic doesn't bother me. I really don't care because when people are like driving like that, I I yell around and scream and just talk mad nonsense just because it amuses me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just say whatever outlandish stuff. Like somebody will go speeding past me and they just happen to have a handicap sticker on their license plate. <laughs> Slow down! No wonder you're handicapped. You know. Just, Oh, I seen a real ghetto uh, license plate today. It said AF Mom. I was like, what? 
What do you think? AF well, like you know, like in texting and social media, AF is oh, as like this. Yeah, here's Indian AF. Yeah. So it's AF Mama, and I was like, "What?" Oh, okay, but I mean, I, I get it, but I don't understand. I don't understand the meaning. Yeah, yeah. No. If you said that, if you said it that way, I don't think I really understand it. Though I don't know. I was thinking maybe it's initials, and it just so happens it means something else. Uh, yeah, but. Another name I don't know. The person right? driving looked pretty, pretty ghetto. Did she? Did, did, she didn't look AF. No, she didn't. <laughs> she she might have thought she was AF. Maybe U G L Y. You ain't got no alibi. You ugly girl. You ugly. <laughs> I guess like what gets me with traffic, right? Like if somebody passes you, and then you guys end up at the same stoplight. I um, think that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Like they go past you, like roll. Like take yeah, off, yeah, yeah. take off, and you know, like a stoplight's coming up, and then they like pass you, and then it's like, what and you that, even? And, yeah. and, that, and that's when I get to the stoplight. That's when I'll say something like, hey, "I still caught up to you." That's what I said. <laughs> but I remember a truck down here, right? Like, because these lights are right and they're one right after another. But I crossed the tracks, and this freaking we stopped at the First Avenue South one, and I was like. Why'd you pass me? We ended up stopping at the same stoplight, dude. Yeah. I act like he didn't even hear me. You know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just stuff like that. But yeah, sorry. Sorry. Good I was one. That was a good one. Those were, those were, those good, were uh, good ones. Good for warming up. Real good. All right. At this but time. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some hand claps for that icebreaker. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's see what we're doing. What are we doing? Hey, ha, hey. Episode 87, old 87. $50 for a new Lulu. New Lulu. That's still out there. Any ladies in the oh, Bellings, Montana area, we got $50 for you to come in and give us a fresh Lulu anytime, any Thursday. Does it have to be a lady? As uh, long as it's a good Lulu. Yeah, as long as it's a crispy Lulu. <laughs> we got 50 bucks. Nice for size Lulu t-shirt. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh-huh. All right, well, let's get into our main topic this week. So, DJ, why don't you hit me with that beat? Ayo, let's get into our topic. Ayo, let's get into our topic. All right, all right, all right. You're tuned in to Unspoken Words, episode 87. And tonight, we are going to talk about stages of relapse. And I got this from EmeraldCoastJourneyPure.com. And the article is actually called 10 Tips to Prevent Drug and Alcohol Relapse After Rehab. But there is a section in this article that talks about let me see here. Let me see here. It talks about stages of relapse. It's like right smack in the middle of this article. <clears throat> really long article. So if you want to read the whole thing, go there. Um, stages of relapse. Stages of relapse. And we'll go right into this. Uh, okay. Stages of relapse. There's, I think there's 10 of them, isn't there? 
Yeah, I think that's what it says. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. But anyway, we'll go. We'll start with number one. While the above are three bigger categories of relapse, it's also helpful to break them down into step-by-step rundown of how recovery can change to relapse. Oh, there's eight of them, nine of them. Nine. Okay, we'll start with number one. Unhealthy emotions. If you can't balance the negative emotions you are feeling surrounding your recovery, they tend to accumulate to the point where it seems impossible to deal with them all. When you can't deal with your negative emotions, it can be very tempting to simply shut them off as best as possible and pretend nothing is wrong. And so these negative emotions, you know, can pile up if we don't deal and feel, if we're not journaling, if we're not expressing ourselves in safe spaces like talking circle with a counselor with a pastor with an accountability person we don't have people in our corner that we can turn to uh what we tend to do is just stuff these things and continue to stuff them until they come out sideways or we end up drinking over them we get the efforts and then we just you know go full-blown because uh, this first one I think it's like the leading cause. One of that's why they have it first. It's one of the leading causes of relapse. People, we don't addicts, alcoholics. We hate to. We hate our feelings. We hate to feel them. Uh, and I'm always preaching that you know, just deal and feel in a healthy way. Whether that's journaling, whether that's going to a meeting and just puking mentally, emotionally. Until you get to a point where you can actually speak to the topic and share. Um, if Because those are safe spaces. Safe spaces to express yourself. And with that, I'm going to toss the ball up to the pot god you are to the favorite Indian. Did you catch that one? Yeah. Uh, unhealthy emotions. I don't know. I'm trying to read this, but before I even say anything, there's no number two. I know. I've seen that. Yeah. So I think there is ten, but there's no number two. Oh. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> but I think this is a, like a huge struggle point of mine. If we're being honest here, this is a safe space out there. In You're amongst land. friends. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like a, a struggle for me because I didn't really know how to deal with my emotions. I wasn't journaling. I wasn't, you know, doing anything healthy. Um, wasn't talking to anybody. Wasn't, you know, sometimes it, it's easy to feel like you're alone. And I think I, I felt like that, and, and the more, like, I would stuff things down, um, the more I would have outburst, you mm, know? Yep. Uh, but now, like, today I'm in a much better space. Um, don't always handle things the right way, but I am talking to a therapist and becoming comfortable with who I really am, you know? Um, mm, yep. Learning, learning to journal, um, that's, like, a huge one for me. Because I felt like I didn't have anything to write, but once I started writing, man, it just kind of opened up. Fill up a whole page real quick. Yeah, and it's like, not only like do you fill up a page, but dude, like the feeling when I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like after I like deal with that feeling, like, dude, I always just feel like this huge like release. Like I feel like ten pounds lighter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes me feel good. But then at the same time too, it's like. When you're really emotional like that, for me, I get really tired. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, when I release that, that emotion, excuse me, in the right way, 
I feel relief, and then I feel exhausted. Yep. So, yeah. Yes, sir. Favorite ending. So it goes from one to three. Yeah. Yep. So there is no two. So one is three, and three is one. There's three of us, but we are one. Oh, <laughs> we're the unspoken All Trinity. three one, and one three all. I, I, I <laughs> We're the unspoken so, trinity. So weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I can <clears throat> I absolutely relate to everything you guys were talking about. Uh, but I kind of have a different perspective on this one because I just had a conversation with somebody. And um, yeah, I was listening and... Um, I think, you know, like you, you're talking about uh, accountability people and people, you know, and finding a safe place. Yeah, yeah. People that you can talk to. I think it's part of that, part of that vetting process is that somebody, you want to find somebody who, first of all, isn't going to, you know, uh, how would you say it when you, when you. Gossip. When you, no, no, not God. Well, that too. I mean, obviously, but, you know, um. Co-sign your uh, oh, co-sign your bullshit. Yeah, that you don't you don't want somebody that'll do that, but you also want somebody who who will validate your feelings, right? Oh, yeah. And so, a lot of times, you know, we, we when we talk to when we try to reach out to certain people, and then they have that whole oh, well, don't feel like that, or just get over it, or yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. that big a deal, or you know, do this, do that. But honestly, I mean. I think it's important for people to say, yeah, you know what? I can empathize or yeah, that's okay to feel like that. It's okay to, that's normal. Go through that process Mm -hmm. rather than trying to, you know, invalidate everything that you're trying to say. Yeah. Because then you're not getting anywhere, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to spill out your, your, your feelings. You're trying to get rid of this negative energy and then to have somebody just kind of, whatever. Yeah. Just, just get over it. Or, you know, that's not that big a deal or, you shouldn't even be feeling like that. You shouldn't that. be feeling like that. You know, toughen up or, you know, so, things like that. And I think uh, that last one, I just kind of blurted it out. But that last one, for especially as <clears throat> native males, mm-hmm. we get a lot of that. Like, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. Boys, don't do that. But J-Lo. Yeah. But don't J-Lo don't cry, you know, and, and things like that. So you want to find those people that who will, first of all, won't, you know, enable you, but also will allow you to express yourself because in this conversation I told this other person sometimes that's all we need is somebody just to listen let me pop off for five ten minutes yeah get that out and then you know like it kind of goes back to that old rock on the uh, mountainside story yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give this to you I'm gonna throw these I'm gonna you know here take them and then you just kind of put yeah. them without them even knowing it you're just yeah. putting them off to the side and so I think, you know, to express those those uh, feelings and get them out, get get rid of them, go through that process in a healthy way is to find the right people to approach. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if, you, if, you, if you're just, you know, say, oh, and the other thing, too, is, like, not to wait, find more. But, but wait, there's more. <laughs> if you call now, I will give you a little bit more of my take on this subject. But, um, yeah, you don't want to find people that are, like, that will, like, again, like, enable you, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you should yeah, be mad, you should them. be mad, yeah, just forget about it. Yeah, let's, let's go, go get burn a bottle, that house down. Let's go burn the house. Yeah, let's go jump them then and get a bottle afterwards. <laughs> you guys are, yeah, 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 exactly. I was, you guys are always telling me I go dark real quick, but that was pretty dark. 
<laughs> All right, number three. No, that was good. Keep it coming. Keep those good reflections coming. Number three, there is no number two. Uh, compulsive behavior. In, in order to keep your mind off emotions you're ignoring, you may find yourself giving into compulsive behaviors now and again. These often manifest as overworking, overeating, overexercising, and other forms of excess. Uh, yeah, definitely. I totally relate with that. I could just see myself like when there was some, something difficult in my life. And I was trying to stay sober, and then something difficult happened, man. The first thing I did, man, was like jump in my ride and start driving towards the liquor store. Even if I didn't even feel like drinking, I was like, well, I'm going to go get a bottle. And like I just like feel miserable, but I didn't even want to drink some of those times. You know what I mean? Did it seem like those were like when nights, bad things would happen too? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you'd be in a bad mood, like. Yeah, and then you go get drunk and then drama out. Yeah, and then you'd be like, I don't even want to drink. Like, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're drinking it, don't even taste good, but you know, you just want to get. You just want to get that buzz going. Effed up. <laughs> yeah. And then before you know it, you're dramaing out. And you may either make a fool of yourself, or you drama out on somebody that didn't even deserve it. Yeah, drama out at, outside of desk booze. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't miss those days. Mm hmm. I went golfing on um, Saturday, and I seen somebody who was hungover. I was like, man, I do not miss those days. No, sir. Even yesterday, I seen that same person hungover on freaking. Dang. I know. I see these street folks all hungover in this heat. Well, yeah, I deal with that, too. But Oh, yeah, you deal with that, but too. But this is like personal life. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, no, I just like driving through downtown. Earlier, it was hot. I, my car is black, so it was like extra hot. In there. Yeah. And like just seeing the street folks, man, they look all hurting, walking around without no shirt. Just like look like they're just hurting. I was like, Ugh. I saw my first couple clients were this morning too. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, are you sick? Yeah. <laughs> Earlier, when I when I walked around the block, um, I I ran into a couple. There's about three of them. And, you know, they were all obviously feeling it. Yeah. But one of them was a little bit farther along than the other ones. Yeah, yeah. And, man, like you said, like all hot. And yeah. And this guy looked he looked pretty juiced up. So, and, I, man, I just immediately went back to that feeling. Like I remember being just drunk in the middle of the day in the heat. Yeah, yeah. And especially down here, man. It was like the concrete jungle and it's like hotter. It just traps that. Hot that that hot the hot <laughs> it just traps that hot. <laughs> kind of funny. That's my uh, initials to my thing. But yeah, I was reading something where it's like when it's eighty degrees, then the, the temperature like the asphalt is like one hundred five or something like that. Ooh, man. it's like higher. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were they were talking in terms of like dogs not to take your dogs walking downtown, especially like when it's pure hot. Because huh. asphalt is a lot a lot hotter than uh, whatever. But oh, for their paws. Yeah. But imagine these guys too, because yeah, mm-hmm. that's <sighs> yeah, miserable. And even today, you know, this uh, man, these often manifest as overworking, overeating, overexercising. I think like one of mine is just like um, yeah, the overheating. That's what I was gonna say. Like I'll do that, man. Like eat my feelings. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'll do that. And is this still impulsive? Yep, yeah. compulsive. Yeah. Oh, compulsive. That's that's what I. Th- 
figured out because I was going to ask you, did you say compulsive or impulsive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, compulsive. Like for me, compulsive, like again, that whole uh, straighten this out and I got to do this and I got to throw your can away and I got to, you know, turn your chair just a little bit and then, and, you know, then the universe will be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that. Oh, and then, you know, another compulsion I have is letting my mind run away from me. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. one's hard. And then, you know, you just, man, like I think... And I think it co- co- probably comes from like a um, reading. Like, remember how you were saying when you were reading, and then you would daydream about that. You know what you were reading about. You can kind of yeah. go into your own world. Yeah, I think that that part of that, and you know, being creative too, like having a creative mind, just just like this um, fuel to kind of yeah. oh, and then this could happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and then this could happen, and then the, and then pretty soon, man, holy cow! I was talking about. <laughs> You know, where's my sugar? And yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, the U.S. Army's outside my door right now. and Yeah. You know, yeah just yeah. something weird like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I started laughing because, like, man, I do that even today. Man, I hate doing it. I hate it when I do it in public because then, like, I'm looking in a direction, but, like, I'm my mind's racing. Yeah. And so it looks like I'm staring in this direction, and then, like, I kind of snap out of it, and then someone's looking right at me. And I don't even know how long I've been looking like in their direction. Yeah. I think I'm just staring at them. I hate that. I, I like. I know. Like sometimes when I'm at work, you know, I'm always thinking three or four steps ahead just to kind of keep things running smoothly. So I, you know, when I'm thinking, I'm like this. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. I kind of got that frown. My mom's always telling me, "Don't frown." <laughs> and I'm like, I, and then I look at her. I ain't frowning. <laughs> but you know, and then but, frown. <laughs> but but people will come up to me and say, "Oh, you having a bad morning? Or are you pissed off? Or what happened?" Yeah. And then that even makes me even go crinkle up what? even more. What? What are you talking about? Oh, now you piss me off. Oh, not, not, you won't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> but I mean, I get that, and I, it has nothing to do with anything around me. It's just that I'm in my head thinking about something, trying to work something out, and that's yeah, just yeah. my. I don't want to say RBF, but my working dude face. Huh. What? Oh. Oh, I was going to say, what is RBF stand for? Do you get it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's my uh, <coughs> it's my my gears are spinning. Yeah, no, that makes sense, man. Like, because, yeah, I can identify with that, too. Like, get, getting your mind to, like, just go and be in this mind state, right? And then people misread you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, being misread by, you know, and you're and, just trying to work something out. And kind of like he said, too, like, you're not even, like, I could look yeah. right at you. And I don't even notice you at all. Like, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. not even on my radar right now. Yeah. And that's so weird. That it, I don't know. Now that we're talking about it, it's like a weird thing to do. Because your eyes are looking that way, but you're not seeing what's there because you're in your head. That's right. One of my homies, he, teach, he teases me uh, about preaching. He's like, you got that 100-yard stare. You know, like, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, you know, a lot of times, like, you just become so focused, right? Like you're focused on like whatever you're doing. Yeah. And even though the room's full, you don't see nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like walking down. Like right now, I'm picturing like walking down Bellings Clinic hallway, right? Yeah, yeah. And you see all these people that you don't even know. There's no need to really engage in conversation with them or acknowledge them in any way. Mm-hmm. But it's easy to like misread a person. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, man, I get that word. No, that just made me think of, like, when I'm coaching, like, everybody disappears, and I just see the players on the court. Yeah. You know, it could be a packed gym, and I'm coaching, and I'm yelling and screaming around, you know. I mean, not, I mean, yelling out instructions and stuff. 
then like afterwards, and I'm like, holy crap, man, there's a lot of people here. As long mm-hmm. as you're not uh, like Will Ferrell and kicking and screaming, and we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that. Somebody told me to watch that movie. They said it's really funny. That's I've a soccer watched, one, right? Yeah, I've only yeah. watched the um, the uh, freak trailer. <laughs> Welcome to the Vague Show. Yeah, mm-hmm. the trailer, the commercials. Remember? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like on the movies and stuff, but it was funny to me because I was my soccer, my my daughter's soccer coach when she was five. Mm. Didn't know nothing about soccer. You? Me yeah. too. Me too, man. That's how I had. I went to Barnes and Noble and got soccer for dummies and sat down for an hour and skimmed through the whole thing. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. YouTube everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta thank God for the internet. Yeah. All right, number four: <clears throat> trigger response. Triggers are situations, people, sites, or emotions that cause your brain to prompt us to use drugs or alcohol. When recovery is going well, coping tools can often take make triggers easier to deal with. But if you're already in the throes of emotional relapse, the slightest trigger can set off a destructive chain reaction. And um, yeah, for the hundred times I quit prior to this time around, yeah, it was that. It was already I had already relapsed emotionally, started stuffing my feelings, and then it was just like one little thing. I I knew hanging out with this certain individual was going to lead to drinking, but I disregarded that red flag and I went and hung out with them anyway. Yeah. And eventually, you know, after probably about thirty minutes of talking with them, hanging out, they're like, "Let's go to the bar. Let's get a bottle." Or it was probably me that said, "Let's go to the bar. Let's get a bottle." Yeah. And that's why you know I don't hang around certain individuals today, just for that mere fact because I know. If I go kick it with them or go hunting with them or, you know, just go out to dinner with them just to kick it, hang out, catch up, eventually one of us is going to say, let's go get a bottle. All right, let's go. Let's go grab a few drinks. Yeah. And more than likely, that person is going to be me saying that. Because I was always the one that said, let's go get a bottle. Then, You know, just being caught up with the wrong people. Yep. It's like. It's almost like relapse is intentional. Oh, yeah. You know, like you hang out with everybody with the intention of using, but trying to hold off saying no for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Like for me, it was always like I knew when a certain person came around that we were going to do what what you were doing, like we'd drive around, talk about it, and then end up buying a bottle. Yeah. So. I know, like, by the first couple times I went to treatment and – that's usually part of your, uh, what do they call that when you're just about to leave your uh, prevention or relapse, relapse, pre- yeah, prevention, relapse plan. prevention plan? Yeah, relapse prevention plan. Is to identify those red flags. And I, I understood the concept of it and I knew, but then I really didn't kind of, th- I thought, nah, that won't happen to me. You know, I'll put, obviously going into a bar, hello, that's a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I put stuff, put stuff like that, but I didn't really take it seriously because I never put, Thought of, okay, well, who am I even with, right? Yep. That person might, like you said, one thing leads to another, and then pretty soon, oh, let's go to the bar. Yep. By then, it's already too late. Yep. Because then I could say, oh, no, um, that's one of my red flags. Why don't we go to the holiday? Yeah. Yeah. They got 40s over there. Yeah. You know? Let's just just grab some 40s and go to your house. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, at first, I'm not, I mean, the only, 
I, I mean, I got to be honest, I probably just did not take it seriously or I thought I understood it when I really didn't. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense too. But now, I mean, now, like I, 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 I mean, I have red flags for my red flags, right? Like how I just mentioned, like, oh, don't go into a bar. Well, duh. Yep. Well, what about who are you with? Or what's your mood? Or, you know, uh, what time of day is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have money? Do you have idle time? Yeah. You know, so really started chipping away and really got serious about it, putting a lot of effort into identifying certain things. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you're always telling us, Josiah, we relapse way before we ever take a drink. Mm-hmm. You can catch it. You I mean, you got so many steps identified before you actually get to your floor. Yeah, In yeah, other yeah. words, to where you get to where you're drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can stop at any one of them. Like, okay, I recognize, I might not have recognized the first three red flags, but then it led to this one, and that's pretty obvious. So, yeah, it's time to let's reassess the situation. Yes, so sir. I think the more you have and the more, I guess, specific they are, mm-hmm. you can't avoid it. But if I try to be kind of general or broad in, in my statements, like, oh, I can't hang around using people. Well, what about somebody that's near and dear to me? Yeah. It's using. I know I got to draw that line there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't just say, oh, my old homeboy from high school, and yeah, I can't use with him because, or I can't be around him because we used to use together. But, you know, somebody that's even closer within my inner circle, I'm like, yeah, I got to draw that line too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I just laugh because I've heard numerous people say, like, I love to shoot pool. Um, but there's only pool tables in the bars. It's like, well, don't you're gonna find you're gonna have to find a different hobby, pal. They have uh, they have um, pool apps. Isn't it kind of funny all the excuses and then, come out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they're just like, well, there's this pool tournament at Pool Whacker, so I'm just gonna go over there. I'm just gonna play pool. Yeah. And then by the end of the tournament, they bought a pitcher and they've been drinking all weekend. They drink and lose everything. I'll just buy you guys a picture. <laughs> I'll drive for you guys. <laughs> you're going to wake up in North 2 and all I wanted to do was play pool. Yeah, you're going to have to let that pool go. Or pool, pool platter. how about this? I believe, and I could be wrong, that pool tables exist in non-alcoholic serving places too. They might. They do. They used to. They used to have a pool hall. Down by part three, your golf course. How about this then? A business idea, startup, start a non-alcoholic pool hall. Yeah, yeah. I think there's been several. I think they tank. See a need? How's that fill a need? That used to be at the old Heights Bowl. Remember? Oh, that one. I remember that Is bowling that alley. Non-alcoholic? I don't know. I've never been in there. I've never been there. I know where you're talking about that. Yeah. That bowling alley, and it looked like uh, the Flintstones because you could see the ball coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, I like, know. working in this industry now, though, like, I I see it a lot daily, right? Yeah. So when people are intrigued, and, and when I talk about it, I think, like, I talk about, like, that's how I was. Um, but I see people with the intention of never drinking or never using the substance again. Yeah. But they get out of, out of their uh, treatment, and they get out of that protective shell, and the first thing they do is go hang around, like, the people that are close to you. Yeah. You know, and you're like, what do you, like, do you think that's a smart move? Yeah, no, they care about me. 
Yeah. It's like, nah. So, like, you already, like, everything's already set in motion before you even take the drink. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, I could probably give more and more examples, but we'll move on. <laughs> uh, Number wait, five. More. Should we go shoot some poo? <laughs> Who wants to poo then? Uh, number five. <laughs> Internal chaos. Feeling overwhelmed by emotions and triggers can destroy your sense of inner peace at a devastating pace. In turn, that leads to distorted patterns of thought, which are certainly not your friend when trying to avoid physical relapse. Feeling overwhelmed by emotions and triggers. Yeah, and it's like, for me, as I look back on my own self, like, I didn't have, like I said, I wasn't expressing myself in safe places. For one, I didn't even know how to express myself or had forgotten how to express myself in the throes of my addiction. So those hundred times that I quit prior to this time, uh, when I'm, when I started when I was sober long enough to start feeling my emotions again, and then these triggers started coming. Oh yeah, I felt overwhelmed big time, big time, and it got to the point where I was like, "All right, F it, I'm just gonna go drink because I can't handle this. I don't want to handle this. I'm gonna go drink my sorrows away, and I'm gonna go drink until I forget what I was trying to forget." Blah, blah, blah. That was the only thing on my mind, and I flip out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, it was crazy, like, how, just thinking how I used to be. I just keep thinking about that one when you said, oh, it's too hard. Yeah. That's where we go. I think that, man, like, when I think about it, like, man, it becomes so chaotic inside my mind, right? Like, I literally, like, all these steps can add into one. Mm-hmm. You know, like the compulsive uh, behavior, the unhealthy emotion, being in the wrong place at the right time. Most of all, like all that is like internally, like inside. I'm going through this war, you know, like a literal war, bro. And and that's how we're going relapse. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. Um but even now, like dealing with it on a daily basis, it's like sometimes I... I See, like, my, my people, like, where they're going without even saying so, but even most, more so for me, like, like learning, like, hey, man, I can't have a bad day, and I don't have to give in to the bottle. I, I can't have a bad day, and I don't have to go, why don't? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, just trying to find that way back to my peace for me. Exactly. Journaling and, and all those healthier ways. That's man. That's that's a tough place to be. Like just listening to you when you first read the first part about it and hearing that word chaos. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's scary. You know, people, places, things, emotions, circumstances. You know, all these things that are they seem they seem like they're coming at you and they're just bombarded and you're overwhelmed and like, oh shit, man, what am I gonna do? Yeah. And then, oh yeah, it just it's a scary place to be. But I think one thing that, that well, the first thing that really came to mind was that, you know, you're not alone. You are not alone. There are people you can reach out to. And we kind of touched on this earlier with uh, mm-hmm. expressing our emotions to the right people. But you can reach out to people and say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm doing. 
um, you know, reach out to somebody. And, and, and again, you, when you do that with, with the right people, they help alleviate some of that stress, right? Yeah. They it's almost like they absorb some of it or you give it away and maybe they don't even take it on themselves if they're, if they're smart. Yeah. But they, they can draw it out yeah. of you. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know why, but that really, that really kind of st- struck a chord with me with when you were talking about that, that chaos. Cause then I, I remember thinking, holy cow, just one thing after another. And then you, you start getting into these thought, those old thought patterns. Why me? This is too hard. Or what did you say? Yeah. It's, it's too, too hard. It's too hard. It's too hard. Why so me? I'm the only one. And it's it, only happening to me. And yeah, and the, what and they call that unique what? New York, unique <laughs> New York, suffering from uniqueness. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so just it's, it's a scary place to be when we, we acknowledge that. But at the same time, to have uh, like an intervention plan for that, because you don't want to wait till you, all that stuff seems like it's hitting you. And then you go, oh, now what do I do? No, you, you, you have that plan when you're in a, in a level state, right? Like yep. in a calm state, you're thinking rationally. Everything is, you know, you got somebody there to help you. And you can say, okay, if this starts happening, I start getting overwhelmed. I start feeling chaotic. You know, my life is blah, blah, blah. Then I could do this. I already got it written down. Mm-hmm. Write it down. Yeah. Write it down somewhere. Um, and then you go back to that open up your little notebook or whatever, and then you say, okay, this is what I can do. I can call Josiah. Oh, this is what I can do. I can uh, text Randy. Oh, this is what I can do. I can go meet these guys for, you know, coffee or something. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever whatever the case may be. But I, it's important to have this stuff before you need it. It's better to have, uh, what does he say on uh, True Romance? It's better to have a gun and not need it than need a gun and not have it. Words to live by. Yes, maybe, sir. But maybe not a gun. <laughs> maybe the bow and arrow like my ancestors. Like Cupid. All right, here Your we go. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, external turmoil. Emotional and even mental relapse can sit on the shelf for a while as we convince ourselves that our interior chaos isn't that big of a deal. However, all these issues are accumulating and at some point, you will become uncomfortable, uncomfortably aware of them. It's important to make sure you don't project, project your emotion. Ah, I messed that up. It's important that you make sure you don't project your emotional turbulence at home, work, school, or social situations. Uh, I think that's really good. Very uh, important advice on that last one. You know, if you find yourself there, really just kind of call that time out. Call that time out, you know, you've been, you realize, okay, man, I'm getting really frustrated. I kind of snapped on this person at work. I snapped at my family at home. I snapped on my kids, and it wasn't really a big deal, but I snapped, and I kind of cussed them out a little bit. Like, Whoa, hold up, hold up, hold up. That's a huge red flag right there. If you, have, you haven't been aware or been mindful of what's happening so far, if that happens, you're like, oh, snap, man, something's going on. I'm starting to act like I was. Prior to sobering up, uh, I think some people call that the dry drunk. Um, and so 
to pull back, to call that timeout. I know for me, man, if I start getting a little irritable and start saying some stuff, and I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold up, wait a minute, I got to call that timeout, pull back, do an inventory of my thought processes, what am I not dealing with, what am I not feeling, and then go from there. Um, And if I need to call one of you gentlemen, or call someone else that's my accountability person, someone else in my corner, just to vent or talk real quick, or get to a meeting, or even bring it here to the podcast and share it here, uh, I'm going to do that at that time. Because I'm not perfect, and I find myself projecting at times. Yes. I think, like, yeah, man, like, I think for me, I didn't recognize a lot of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I find myself in, in all of this, too. And the more we're going down through all these little, like, steps, I'm like, damn, like, these are, like, I think about my early recovery and where I was. You know, I remember, like, having meltdowns. Yeah. Not having a, a outlet. I remember... But then when I lived through that successfully, like, the, like, the more I kept doing it, I'm mm-hmm. like, man, like, hey, man, like, I don't have to give in to what's killing me. Um, yeah. To now, we're like, it's easy to stop the drinking and the drugging. But what's harder is, like, being a good person today. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I see myself in this and those times where I've ruined relationships and friendships and... And, like, wore out my welcome because I wanted to speak my mind and explode it externally. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, even yeah. though I wasn't drinking and blacking out or or wasn't getting high and, and, and being a mean person, I was, like, as being a freaking type A personality with somebody at work, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like... <clears throat> I remember having a conversation with one of my bosses about two, three years ago, and he was talking, this young man had, had, like, he cussed me out, and I was in my machine, and, dude, I, like, I exploded, and I kind of, I'm like, he was like, we could, like, he was like, he called me on um, after work, and I said, we can do it right now, and I jumped out of my machine. Yeah. And, dude, this kid, Took off running. (laughs) (laughs) He went inside one of our warehouses, and man, he ran to the the supervisors. And I'm not acting like tough or or nothing. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying like I just telling a story. Yeah, I exploded externally. And and, man, because I was going through a lot. I had a lot on my mind. And then to top it off, like there was this young man cussing me out in freaking 100-degree weather on asphalt. So I jumped out of my machine like, what did you say? Say it to my face. Man, I chased him, like, <clears throat> my boss, like, he wasn't even my direct supervisor, but he was he was the um, the nighttime supervisor. Anyway, long story short, man, we started conversating, and in that conversation, he was like, man, I'd get scared of you, too, like, because they were like, if you don't calm down, we're going to call the cops. I'm like, damn. <laughs> you know, and, and I remember, like, like, just being, like, I guess being a bigger guy, having an aggressive personality, is intimidating to a lot of people, right? So I have oh, yeah. to like rein these, like rein these um, 
explosions in. Yeah. And in order for me to rein them in, like, I had to deal with them, like, when they came up. Like, when I started filling them, I'd be like, okay, now there's got to be a release somewhere. Yeah. Uh, because, like, the more I, because what I was doing at the time was, like, stuffing everything together and, man, just making this huge snowball. Yep. And then when it would hit, it would be the little sting, man, the whole thing would explode. Yeah. You know? True that. Um, but I've lost jobs. I've lost relationships. I've lost everything. Because of not being able to deal with that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Favorite napper. Hmm. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> I, I never, I never really like, like to do that. And when I do, when I did, it's one of those things that really had, like, I felt just horrible. It had such a negative effect, like after. Oh yeah, yeah. the remorse. Lash, yeah, lashing out at people and and just flipping out. And I'm not gonna say I understand it. Like I'm using alcohol as an excuse. I mean, but you know, I did that when I was drinking. But when I like when he said like that dry drunk, that's what really got. Like even now, I think about it, and I just man, I shake my head and I want to you know kick myself. Oh yeah, and and I just I just don't because you know. Like, you guys both know my personality. I really don't like being like that to people. Mm-hmm. And, but I did, and I have to admit it. And um, man, carrying around that guilt, that remorse, and that, man, I just feel terrible for treating people like that. Yeah. Because, you know, like, man, people don't need to be, people do not deserve to be treated like that. And I did it. Mm-hmm. And, um and again, it was because I lacked the, like you guys both already said, you already touched on it. Like well, I lacked that, the coping skills and the ability to express that in a better way. And yeah, that one just because I, I like making people laugh more than I like hurting people, but I do know that I have the ability to use words that really cut to the bone you know yeah yep and and i i don't like doing that i just don't i mean it's just it's kind of making me upset right now just thinking about it like my past behavior like what a jackass you know yep and so i think um for me i think i need part of that because i don't want to be that person yes sir like i can use that I don't have to attach myself to that person anymore, but I do have to recognize it because then it's kind of a deterrent. Like, man, you don't want to be that dude. That's not the kind of lifestyle. That's not the person you want to be known as. Yeah. You know, like sometimes they call him sometimes MFR. <laughs> yeah. You know, like sometimes you could be joking around with somebody and then that person just turns around. What did you say to me? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa, what, what was that about? You know, I thought I thought we had it like that. You know, I yeah, thought yeah, we, yeah. we had that rapport, but they call him a sometimes MFR. And, uh, <laughs> I haven't I, heard that. I've before. never heard that either. Yeah, you only like that sometimes, you know. Um, yeah, it's a. Was like it, that, though. it was a prison term. Oh, okay. So, um, anyway. Yeah, I don't want to be like that. I want to be, I want to make as many genuine friends as I can in this lifetime and make those kind of human connections and those kind of bonds. Yeah. And so, like I said, I need that, that 
image of that person to be there so I can say I don't want to be like that. That that was my deterrent. That's my deterrent. Yes, sir. It's like I don't want to be like that. And then the other part of that being, you know, how do I how do I express myself in a in a rational and positive and you know, uh communication like you said. Yeah. You know, how do I do that? And then yeah. start developing those skills. Developing those muscles. There's mm. a book for that. There's a cream for that. <laughs> There's a cream for that. I'll take that cream. No, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can identify with what JC was saying because, dude, that feeling afterwards is like ugly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the only way that I can explain it today. Is like after any type of right. Yeah. Because I think, like, for me, I think it was a protective shell. Oh yeah, yeah. Defense like being mechanism. A, being aggressive because really, man, like what I'm finding out through therapy is like. I'm like this super like sensitive guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like being sensitive and, and, and going to like what you were saying earlier, like we weren't taught that as, as young Native American males. We were taught to stuff things in. We were taught to keep things like to, we were taught, man, this wrong way of living. And, and see that, that right there, I think was my problem was that I didn't like, I, Say, just as an example, you and I had a disagreement. Yeah. And I go, oh, you know, and I don't express it. I just hold it in. And then I go have one with Josiah. Don't express it, and I hold it in. Then I go to work, and somebody says something completely harmless, and then, boom, Blow up. out comes all that negative emotion that I had with Randy and Josiah, and it's on this person, and they don't yeah. even know what the hell's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your whole thing about joking, and then, oh, sometimes, yeah, you yeah. know? No, I can think of numerous times where I've done that. And I'm sitting here cringing. It is. It, it's it's the, the, the one of those cringeworthy things. Like, man, I just, yeah, like he said, ugly. It just feels it's, ugly. Man, it's ugly inside. I, I think, like, my parenting is different, though. I try to think that I'm, like, my own duty in life is just to be a parent, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I can remember a conversation last night with my daughter and, I was like, how do you feel about this situation? And she told me, but she went inside the store real quick and she came out. She's like, you know, daddy, she goes, sometimes. And then she told me how she felt. Yeah. I feel this way and, and I feel that way. And man, I pulled up to stoplight. I looked at her. I said, man, you know what? I said, man, you're entitled to how you feel. Yep. I was like, you feel it. Like if you feel frustrated about that, be frustrated. Yeah. If you feel sad about that, be sad. Mm-hmm. I said, just don't stay there. Yeah. You know, I was like, just work it out and, and feel your feelings, but don't stay there. Yeah. Don't and, let it, don't dwell on it. Yeah. And she like, she looked at me. She said, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean though? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it amazes me through this. Like we're talking about these relapse friendship and, and I'm thinking in terms of parenting and I'm like, Man, my shout out to my parents because they did their best. Oh yeah, I knew sure. what was like what was best for them, right? But there's a lot of things that we're learning now that are like breaking the cycle. Oh yeah, and I'm happy to be a part of that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. No, I think that's right on. That's spot on with the we're uh, yeah we're breaking cycles. We're being we're modeling it yeah we're modeling it for others hopefully you know they catch on 
Um, okay, number seven. Loss of control at this point in the relapse trajectory, you've you've seen personal and external <clears throat> indicators that your recovery isn't going well at the moment. You likely feel extreme, extremely on the edge and your life is about to careen completely out of your control. Life can feel like a series of unsolved problems. And that can be one of your greatest catalysts for physical relapse. <clears throat> and um, I like this obsessive thinking right underneath it too. So I'm going to go right into that. Obsessive thinking. Once you reach this point, it's tempting to think about anything except your problems in your life. Emotional and otherwise that makes it much easier for the addict brain to fill your mind with unwanted thoughts about using drugs and alcohol addictive mechanisms come back in full force possibly convincing you that recovery isn't working and you may as well give up altogether <clears throat> so there's loss of control and then you start obsessing about Oh man, if I take a, if I just take a pool, if I just drink like a pint, I'm gonna feel better, and all oh, this is gonna go away. Uh, we start lying to ourselves about that kind of stuff. Uh, we start, oh man, I was. Then you start remembering, start obsessing about like the good times you had, uh, not playing the tape all the way through to the bitter end, but just like, oh man, I can go downtown right here, just two blocks. I can go down to the Crystal, get some drinks, sing some songs, have a good time tonight. You know, tomorrow's Friday, I'll just call in, you know, blah, blah, blah. Start, we start thinking crazy like that, and um, we just let it marinate. And then, like, I think the key point is, like, we don't tell anybody. <laughs> and we let that marinate that we feel like everything's out of control and that we're entertaining these thoughts of use. We just let it sit there and fester and fester, and we don't tell anybody. Uh, today, I know that I, I can just go, you know, I can go to a talking circle right after we're done recording today, and I can, if I'm feeling triggered, and I can just go spill my guts there. And the beauty of being in a meeting and sharing that kind of stuff in a safe space like that is that once you let it out, once you speak it into the air, and then you can see the truth of it, it's like, that's a stupid thing that I was dwelling on. That I could go two blocks to the crystal, get some drinks, and sing karaoke, and just throw away all my recovery. Because I know where that's going to lead me. It's going to lead me to me being by myself, just worrying about a half a G every day until the point, until, until the point that I don't want to live anymore. But getting that out is the key. I think for me, because once I start getting that out and being honest that, okay, I might be six and a half years or six and three fourths of a year <laughs> walking the red road, but I still get triggered. I still get these thoughts of use. And I tell people, I tell JC, I tell Randy, I tell others in my corner. I go to a talking circle and I vent it out and I talk about it here. Yes. I think that's always been my problem too, man. Like overthinking, it doesn't even have to just be about drinking. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
You know, like I just run away with my thoughts, like JC was talking about earlier. And it's like I can convince myself of anything if I dwell on it long enough. <laughs> yep. You know, that can be like, <laughs> I already have a paranoid brain anyway. Yeah. From all the drugs and the alcohol, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just thinking like different ways, like, bro, like, I'm seven years sober, and that right there is probably my biggest struggle is mm. overthinking any situation. Oh, yeah. Half the time, I'm not so important that everybody else is thinking about me 24 7 in my <laughs> head. In my head? Yeah. That's that's how it seems. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like like I'm the focal point. We're so self centered, right? Like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the universe is like so stuck on me that mm. you know, everybody knows what moves I make. Yeah. Um but yeah, bro, like when I didn't know how to hone that or even refine like my, my thing like catching right, like getting those red flags or like Man, being, hey, man, that's not supposed to be there. Like, taking a step outside of my head mm-hmm. and listening to that voice objectively and being like, hey, man, like, I got to look look from the outside in now. I can't be so caught up in these thoughts because usually they're negative and they're usually telling me to do the wrong thing. Yeah. You know, and, and I can convince myself of anything if I think about it long enough. <laughs> yep, you me know? too, man. And it's ugly. Dude, it's so ugly, bro. Like, yeah. JC has something to say. You just, no, it's just that you, when listening to you talk, you reminded me of, uh, I was in a group therapy session one time, and there was a guy doing that, you know, having, telling us one of his, his, his conspiracy theories, and, and uh, the facilitator um, she kind of goes, well, first thing I got to tell you is you're not that important. Yeah. Like, <laughs> kind of just, oh, oh, Burst yeah. Bubble yeah, 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 just like you're not that important. They're not, like you said, they're not paying attention to you like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought, oh, man, because that hit home with me, too. I was like, oh, okay. But um, the thing that really jumped out when you when you were reading was, um, you know, like it feels like you're, you're, uh, recovery is not going well at the moment yeah and that 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 last part at the moment and see moments change moment to moment it, things change right yes sir and so you know i've you've heard me say this before it's not too late to it's never too late to start your day over yeah and it's never too late to get off of that merry-go-round of negativity yeah it's like i'm gonna get off now i can get off right here i don't even have to wait for it to stop i'm just gonna jump for it i don't need to be here so like to, but to keep that in mind for me is like moment to moment. Like, okay, right now I might be popping off on like, you know, like he said, like the just conspiracy theories about myself. Like, yeah. But I can say stop, 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 stop. Yep. Get off this ride. Get on the positive one, and then let's see where that goes. So you know, moment to moment, it can change. Like, and, and we have that ability to. If, if if we if we choose to use it, and that is to say, okay, stop. I don't have to be like this. I can think of things in a positive light, or I can reach out and ask somebody for help, or I can, you know, there's all these other things that we can do to, you know, we don't have to be on this merry-go-round over here. Yeah. And so, like, you can change the next moment. Like, you have control of the next moment. Yeah. And that just that that phrase, you know, in that in that moment. 
It's like, I get that. Like, I, I've had those moments. I still have those moments. Yeah. Like, when I feel like, oh, you know, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and, oh, maybe I could go down to the crystal. And I know, I know a few good karaoke songs. Yeah. But then, as Josiah always says, you know, what's, what, what do the end credits look like? What's the end game in that? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be crying in a cell at Yellowstone County. Yep. You know, with nothing, nothing to show for everything that, we, that I worked for up until this point. Yeah. And it's that quick. Boom. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. And, yes. Uh, boom, boom, room. Randy's boom, boom, room. <laughs> Can I be honest? Be honest. Like now, I think like the way my brain works is like, I can't do anything here in town. You know, like. Yeah. Because people know us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, for me, my addictive brain is like, if I'm going to do anything, I got to go to Laurel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to go where nobody sees me. Like, yeah. And then I, like, convince myself, like, yeah, you can get it done. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, maybe I'll go to Big Timber. Yeah. An hour away. Like, drive out of, like, where nobody knows me. Yeah. But you know the best part? Like, this always pulls me back. It's like, man, I can fool everybody, but I can't fool myself. Yep. I don't think I can live with that. Yeah, yeah. and, and that. it was what I, would, was gonna, what I was thinking when you were talking about that is, you know, we can go to Big Timber or wherever, Laurel, but no matter where we go, there we are. Yeah. Yes, sir. I could never live with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, your whole life would, wouldn't be authentic at that point. Yeah. Right? Like, Randy's life wouldn't be, like, man, we're, like, this is us. Be a fraud. Yeah, exactly. a phony. A big, fat phony. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you guys don't watch Family Guy, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So, well, anybody, Family Guy fans out there got that reference. All right. On to the next one. Last one. High-risk situations. On the brink of fully-fledged physical relapse, you will find yourself flirting with situations you know are dangerous. Sometimes you just see how far you can push. Sometimes just to see how far you can push your recovery boundaries. You may try to reconnect with old friends who you used to drink with, or you might hang around in places you know could easily get to your substance of choice. These bad moves are often justified by the flawed logic of mental relapse and can easily lead to physical relapse as well. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Because... Like I said, I think this today, going through all these different stages of relapse, we relapse mentally long before we ever use. And, man, I just, like, highlighted a lot of my last relapse. Because I wasn't plugged in, because I wasn't going to meetings, I didn't have people in my corner. I didn't have the right people in my corner uh, to, like, you know, some that I could turn to, vent, process things i didn't i had a sponsor didn't utilize him like i said wasn't going to meetings going to meetings when i felt like it when it was convenient uh, just to keep the baby mamas off my back <clears throat> but today um if i find myself in any one of these stages which i do from time to time man i just call time out yeah. and i was like hold up man hold up i know i'm not i'm not thinking right here 
I'm not in a good place. Like I think I was talking about last episode, the past two episodes, like I found myself being highly reactive recently. And I was like, man, I, I want to be more responding. I want to get back into that just being responding, kind of like in a Zen mode constantly, um, where something happens and I was like, all right, that happened. Like, how can I respond to this situation? Do I even need to respond to this situation? Yes. Where the reactive side of me, something happens and I'm like up in arms. Oh my God, this happened. And rah, 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 rah. Uh, like the person being too generous driving, like, just go, buddy. Now, today, you know, I can be more responsive, responding. And if they can let me go, I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks, man. You didn't have to do that, but okay, whatever. I'm going to go. Grudgingly go. but yeah putting yourself in those situations yeah i see i've done that and like as an addiction counselor previously i've seen people doing that i was like what are you doing like they moved their whole family in they finally you know they got their own spot they got a job they got a car they're doing good they're about to get their kids back and then they move in their relatives that are in active use. I'm like, no, no. That's that codependent side of us. Yeah. Like, I, no, that's a bad move. Can't take care of everybody. I think, like, first of all, like, what this makes me think of is, like, like my mental relapse, like, my relapses were, like, especially after a time of, of being straight, like, sober. Yeah. It's like social media. Oh. Getting in touch with people that you know either have something or somebody you can run around with for a while. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, I could be physically away from them, but if I start socializing with them using social media, it's so easy to meet up. Yeah. Like it's not even funny. Um, and even now in my, my field of my line of work now, like, I see it. It's, it's so clear because you see these things and you're like, man, that was me. Yeah. You know, like, that was me. Like, like right now I got this guy that there's all these situations popping up and it's just like, you know, that's what I did. Yeah. Like, and it's like, man, it's not good. Yeah, not good at all. Yeah. <laughs> Are you reading my mind? Yes. <laughs> this is all for you. Get out of my head. Uh, no, okay, this, for me personally, you already said it before, man. Like, that's just dumb. Yeah. That is dumb. And he kind of touched on it just a second ago. Is like, hindsight's twenty twenty. Looking back, like, I know when I push those boundaries, like, trying to see how far I could take it. Yeah. And the way I, this is the way I think. Even if it was 99 to 1 that I could go, for example, go into Crystal Lounge and sing a couple karaoke songs and come out without having used. Yeah. Even if it was 99 to 1 that I could, I could pull that off, there's still that one. One. And that's all it takes. And then to, to kind of expand on that thought would be if I did make it out, the odds would change drastically whether I knew it or not. So it oh, wouldn't yeah. be 99 to 1. It would be 50-50 next time. Oh, yeah. Even though I still got this 99. I, I made it last time. I could do it again. Yep, yep. Eventually, that it's going to be like I can't do it. Yep. And so for me, that's that's just stupid. 
and again, I'm speaking, you know, looking back and, and, and everything that I know now, um, you know, trying to take that inch, take that other inch, take that, you know, keep going, keep pushing, pushing, it, pushing, yeah. pushing right to the edge. And eventually, you know, you're running out of edge. You're going to go over. I mean, for me personally. No. And so to even consider that is just, it's stupid for me. It's yeah. just dumb because I know where that's going to lead. And it won't take me much at all, I think, like just because of the way I know I, the, the, the person that I used to be, mm-hmm. it, it won't take much at all. No. Like, like uh, it, you guys, I think both of you said it, we can talk ourselves into anything, into yeah. believing anything. Yeah. Like I, <clears throat> I can lie to myself all day long and then think, well, you know, and just come up with a million and one excuses, but it won't, it wouldn't take that. It wouldn't take much at all. So for me to even consider, oh, I can probably be around such and such when they're using, yeah. or I can go over to this function, even though I know there's people, eating. it's centered around using. It's like one of those things that you know, yeah. everybody's going to be drinking or using or whatever. Like that's just dumb. It's just it's just not in the cards. It's just not there anymore. And I I know I can't do it. Yeah. And so to protect everything, I have to say no. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, you know, good. I'm good. I'll, I'll figure something. You know, I'll go. I'll go back to my own spot. And even if I have to chill by myself, I'll play video games or you know watch an old DVD that one of the movies that you can watch over and over. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do that. And I'll be cool with that, but because I know at the end, you know, what's the end game? Yeah. My end game is, is that, man, I didn't have to use. Yep. Yes. Yep. And on that note, like, we were talking about Crow Fair last episode <clears throat> and talking about the Sunday night doorway songs. And, like, you know, I've been to, like, two or three Crow Fairs sober, walking the red road. And, like, when that Sunday night comes, you know, they usually wake me up. And then there's part of me that wants to, like, just go out there and help them out. Just go sing. You know, I try to convince myself to, like, okay, that's all I'm going to go do. Um, But then the other part of me is, like, nah, man. Because, you know, in the middle where all the singers are and, like, in the middle of the crowd, man, they're, they got they got beer. They're passing bottles. They're, pa- they're passing L's, you know. All that's happening in the middle, and I like. Then I go there and I go, okay, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not, I'm not gonna go. I'm not going to go. So I just later listen to him jack up songs. <laughs> Show you guys how to sing it the right way. Yeah. In my mind, from the safety <laughs> of my teepee, just give me a lead from here. When you go to Crow Fair, you sleep in a teepee or a tent? Teepee. Nice. You're my kind of engine. Teepee. When do you guys go TV polling then? Um, I think our sets are still good, so we're going to use those again this year. Probably next year we'll probably go get some new ones. <laughs> I won't say any names, but I have to tell you a story. Where, where What's the initials? <laughs> uh, D-A. <laughs> no, S-A. D-A? <laughs> Super America. Dumbass. Well, I'll just say <laughs> silly. Not dumb, just silly. Silly. <laughs> but anyway, we went to uh, <coughs> Homeboy's Camp, and, man, they had real nice, fresh-looking poles, and I thought, yeah, these guys are it's on top of their game. And then I just have, you know, the ones that hold the smoke flaps yeah, yeah. around the outside. 
and I just like was leaning up against it, and I thought, man, this feels weird. It feels plasticky. Yeah. And then I looked, and here you could tell that they they, they painted them. Oh. It was painted to look that kind of tan wood, they fresh like wood color. them? No, oh. it was paint because oh. I could peel it off, and when I peeled part of that paint off, you could see the old Liberty grit. They're yeah. gray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> started, I was like, oh, man, look at this. And I started really like peeling, <laughs> trying to peel that paint off, and they... One of the older ladies came out of there. Hey, hey, we cut that out, you know. <laughs> I making us look bad. I exposed them. Uh, just real quick, this article you can find it on EmeraldCoastJourneyPure.com, and it is called Ten Tips to Prevent Drug and Alcohol Relapse After Rehab." Like I said at the beginning of the episode, this is a really long article, and what we went off of is the stages of relapse, which is like right smack in the middle. So if you want to full, read the full article, go there. Uh, it doesn't have a post date on there when it was posted or who the author is. Uh, but thank you guys for yes. sharing um, your perspective on that relapse. And like one of the biggest things as I was reading through this, man, I felt convicted, man. Tell you the truth. Close to home. I was like, whoa, man. I was like, I started thinking, like relating it to it and like just like how I've been thinking recently or whatever, you know, it's just like, or how I've been thinking in the past year. I was like, oh, man, this is like hitting home. This is like on point for me today. I think long story short, you can paint your old teepee poles, but you're just fooling yourself. You're only fooling yourself. (laughs) That'll preach right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a good sermon for... um, Camp meeting during uh, Crow Fair. Go ahead, Randy. You can use that. <laughs> <laughs> you can paint your TV poles with Johnny pulling yourself. <laughs> you can paint your old TV poles with you just pulling yourself. That was good, though. I mean, yeah, like like you said, man. Everything just started hitting hitting its mark. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. some things, you know, we we got to deal with for the rest of our lives. And I think to accept that. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. I'd rather stop myself in one of these stages than, like, go full-blown. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, it's good. But it's like, I think, Randy, you said before, like, um, like, am I just a phony? Like, that thought kept coming to me. Yeah. You know? I was like, oh, man. And then you combated that with, like, no, I'm not a phony. I'm just human. Yeah. I'm a human that has, you know, like this disease, this addiction that I got to battle for the rest of my life. And I'm down with that, like what JC said. Any closing words, gentlemen? You're a phony, a big fat phony. (laughs) (laughs) What's that one from? It's Family Guy. (laughs) No, man, like, yeah, it's just like all this stuff just runs together. You know, it's like one big cluster there's another word that describes after end, end of the cluster, but oh, end, I was gonna say, I almost said it. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think like when I have really bad days and all these things just run together, like my favorite medicine is taking a nap. Yeah, bro. Like when life gets too heavy, like I have no qualms about saying, "Hey, I'm gonna clock out for the rest of the day. I'm gonna go home." I'm going to be by myself, take a nap, and when I wake up, if I still feel that way, the best part about that is I didn't use. Yep. 
because I lose everything that I've ever worked for. And really, to be honest, I've got too much to lose now. True and that's, that. not, that's not like monetary value. No. I'm talking like I got too much to lose. Yep. Like, and most of them will be trust from a little girl that I love. Yes, sir. Yep. You know, that, yep. would be the, that would be the biggest thing I could ever lose in this life. I think, yeah, that's a huge deterrent for me, too. It's like I just hurt too many people if I went back up. Yep. Just hurt way too many people. And and not only, and like you already said it, too, it's not a material thing. It's deeper than that. No. Yeah. It's, it's, and that I think those are the ones that hurt the most. Yeah. Um, but I think what you were thinking of was a cluster. Oh. <laughs> did I say it right? A cluster? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, not only did I censor myself the first time, I muted myself. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. what say you? <laughs> hey, Karen, how's it going, girl? You're so pretty. Mm-hmm. You got you got something stuck in your teeth there, Karen. I oh, know you need to brush your teeth, girl. <laughs> What's so you been eating? <laughs> you, you need to brush your teeth, girl. All right, we appreciate all our listeners all over Flatters. We appreciate you. Keep spreading unspoken words, gospel, Billy Graham style. We are out here from episode eighty-seven. Uh, Old oh. eighty-seven. Follow. What's up, Holler at your boy? This is your favorite Indian, JCB. Hey yo, it's Randy B, aka Pod Gotti. Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, aka Mo Hugs Not Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.